Local business deserves local banking support. The Mutual Bank is member-owned and delivers industry-leading service and award-winning financial products to the Hunter region. Talk to the Mutual Bank about your needs on 1300 688 825. Welcome to the Hunter Headline Interview Series, where we hear from local leaders and gain some insight into their approach to leadership. Charlotte Top is one of Australia's pioneers in mindfulness. For over 10 years, she has trained business leaders, staff and psychologists in mindfulness practice, both in Australia and overseas. Her Mindfulness at Work and Mindful Leadership programs were some of the first corporate mindfulness programs established in Australia. She is a proud founder and director of the Mindfulness Clinic and contributes to Newcastle University's new Executive MBA with modules on mindful leadership. Her experience in facilitating change and providing personal development and leadership training ensures that her mindfulness programs meet organisational development objectives. She is often referred to as the real deal when it comes to learning and practising the art of mindfulness. Welcome, Charlotta, and thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. I'm always so excited about these sort of things. And we're going to jump straight in. I want to know what do you think makes a good leader? It's a big question. It is. It It is. And I was thinking a little bit about it. I I think that, you know, one of the first things is really decency, being a decent human being. And I know it's a really really old-fashioned terminology. We don't talk much about just being freaking decent, (laughs) you know, just doing the right thing, you know. Um, And that also means managing my own inclination. So if I want to rage, I try to catch myself and not do it, right? If I want to put somebody down because I'm irritated, I try not to do it. Mm -hmm. Then I see the big picture and the consequences of my actions, that kind of thing. I think that that's being decent and also having ideally a cause. I think it's different being, you know, if you have a great skill, if you're a good shoemaker and you start a a small business doing that and you employ, you know, some people, Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily make you a leader. No, it does not. It makes you a good manager of a small Mm -hmm. shoe shop Mm -hmm. or a big one, right? But leading, I think, has to have a cause as well. Um, And I had the privilege of spending some time with some Novocastrian leaders leaders yesterday and it was just fantastic to just hear how much they want wanted their, and this was the arts is industries, they wanted their industry to have a positivist effect on the hunter, right, because they know how much uh, employment could be generated, how much hope, and also that it's the kind of that social fabric that mm. that stops um, depression and suicide and those kind of things. So, so, you know, that you have a cause that's bigger than you, I think is essential. And so following on from that, what has shaped your leadership style? Nobody would employ me <laughs> doing what I like I'm that. doing. <laughs> Honesty. That's the first thing. Mistakes. Uh, mistakes yes. I've made. That's hugely so. Uh, I suppose ongoing awareness. And also now I have the privilege of working with Newcastle University on the EMBA. So for a long time I've integrated mindfulness with, you know, um, it's a, it's a, they call the leadership challenge and that kind of marriage of those two absolutely because it gives you the principles and the way to do it so that's absolutely guiding me and, and they are you know elements that I keep coming back to and the fact that you know it's an ongoing learning process I was just right? about to say are you the same leader that you are today as you were at the start of your career no, no, I had the same passion for mindfulness because I really, I really am only leading in that space. In, in every other area, I'm just 
you know, I have no kind of voice in in particular. (laughs) But I am passionate about mindfulness and I'm passionate about getting it out there Mm. um, because I see the difference it makes in people's lives. So, So the passion is still there. How I do it, I think... It's much deeper now. It's much broader. It's much more inclusive. I'm not as sort of gung-ho-y about it probably. And it's got many more applications. So it's matured certainly. And also I've learned like, for instance, you know, Danes, like I'm a Danes, we're very direct. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that sometimes people are not as direct as I am. Which means then they take it in a different way to what you intended. Yes. Yes. Or they might not say no to me, which is probably the biggest one. So then I ask for more and they go, yep, 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 till they get really annoyed with me. (laughs) Right. So I I think I've learned that one. Um, So now I ask them, is that your inclination? (laughs) And I ask again, are you sure? Would you like to say no if you could say no? So there's little ways that that is that ongoing learning. Yep. Do you feel like you keep having a crack at marketing, but you just don't seem to be getting anywhere? Is your approach inconsistent and irregular? I can already pinpoint the problem with your current marketing approach. You're probably doing your marketing in an ad hoc way, which is totally understandable. We're all busy and it's hard to find the time. But that's where we come in. The Marketing GP is a full service marketing agency that covers all of your marketing needs. From website design, remarketing and digital marketing, social media advertising and management, to public relations, brand design, print development and event management, and everything in between. We're the doers, the makers, the innovators, the creators, and we're here to support you. It costs nothing to have a chat with us. So visit themarketinggp.com.au to book a time. So then why did you decide to create a business centered around mindfulness? So it's one thing to be really passionate about it, but to create a business is a whole nother thing. So why that decision? And that really comes back to, again, this thing that nobody would employ me doing what I'm most passionate about. And I think that also comes back into this thing of leadership. You know when you have it in your, in your stomach, you can do nothing but. Mm-hmm. Like this, I knew as soon as I met mindfulness 13 years ago, I knew this is what the world needs. And so... Um, there was nothing stopping me then really. That's kind of what I had to do. I couldn't do anything else because anything else I did wasn't as, as right for me and I don't think as good as, if, as this could offer. And 13 years ago, it wasn't a phrase that was well known or well understood. So was there a big education process during that time? Huge, huge. I think, you know, many people would say, well, you do what? When I'd say, and and they assume, well, where are the hairy armpits, the (laughs) incense and the flowy garments? That kind of would go with it. Um, I was lucky in that we started by training psychologists in it and we had full retreats for that. So that professional development, which also, I mean, again, probably being Danish, you know, being very rigid on understanding the science behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think that has that has stood the business re- in, in good stead because this is the opposite mm-hmm. of some flowy, you know, kind of idea mm-hmm. that actually most of our Western ideas, you know, you used, people used to go, well, let's, let's take a day off and go and swing in ropes and then assume it would translate into good teams, not a shred of evidence. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time it didn't. There were many people who hated that, right? Whereas now we know what to do to, to get further emotional regulation, to be, have people be more responsive rather than reactive, to be kinder, to be calmer, to have better teams. We know what to do. And it's researched the neuroscience is there, and there's that ancient practice of mindfulness that enables it all. (music) 
And so what are the benefits of working on mindfulness with businesses and individuals in the Hunter region? Well, it's always lovely working locally, isn't it? <laughs> you know, just for the ease of it. Oh, indeed. That's right. Um, I think overall, it's such a privilege working with mindfulness because it's so deeply personal and intimate. So we get to know each other. And that means, you know, all my clients are kind of friends because that's how it it works out, right? Because we share such personal information. Um, and it's also, it's it's deeply rewarding when you meet people down the track and they go, you know what? My relationship is a bit better. I, I The way I treat the kids is a bit better. Or this dramatic things, thing has happened in my life. And boy, am I glad I attended the work, uh, the mindfulness at work or the mindful leadership training in the workplace. So so it's that ongoing feedback that, of course, you get more locally. I'm also, I mean, I, I you know, I have this vision. I would love for the hunter to be the mindfulness hub yeah. in Australia. And why not? Why not? Yep. Absolutely. And to finish today, what local business leader do you find inspiring? You know what? There are so many. I, and perhaps it's more about those that I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I acknowledge that there are so many that I don't know who are absolutely fabulous. <laughs> but I can't I was gonna say because I don't know them. <laughs> that, that's the rider on it, but you're just going to mention a few, are you? <laughs> well, there's, there's some dear friends of mine that I really – Mel Histon I think is fantastic in her space. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a dear friend who's uh, Professor Julia Connell who – who is just an amazing leader in terms of supporting other women and getting things done without it being about her but rather about the cause, and I really admire that. Um, Then so many in the art space. I think the thing that I I admire most is, again, this thing coming back to the first point around those who have a bigger cause themselves. When it's about, you know, individuals being seen or getting financial gain themselves, to me that's not really that admirable. Um, my husband, when he when he was in politics, I mean, he was so dedicated to this town and may, many may not agree with what he got done, but he had door knocked and spoken to thousands of people and that was translated into the vision. So it wasn't his vision, but it became that, but it was really from what people wanted and then he was dedicated to making this happen for Newcastle. So I also admire that. I admire that grit and that listening to people and then translating it into, all right, let's make it happen. I love it. What a mix of people. Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. To find some more great interviews with Hunter Locals, head to hunterheadline.com.au. And if you like this interview, don't forget to give us a great review. It helps others find our podcast. Hold up. 